If only you could see what was happening just before we started. <laughs> this is Corey and this is the Yelling at the Podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. You got saved a rant on last week's episode. Don't worry. I'm all energied up for one this time. <laughs> it's episode 361 of the Yelling at the Podcast coming to you from the hashtag OTA LA Studios. Once again, live here. Hi, it's Hop the 110 Freeway in downtown Los Angeles, California. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for listening on your podcast of choice. The easiest way, anchor.fm forward slash O the Anthem. Of course. And, uh, you know, you can find us live on Monday evenings as you are right now at uh, Facebook, YouTube, and on Twitch. O the Anthem is the, uh, where you can find us on all of those. Indeed, indeed. Well, we have a lot to get to, so let's get right let's into it. Jump right in. So, sad news at the top. I don't know why we always put the saddest news right at the beginning of the show, but... Sad news, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, we've talked about uh, our beloved usher, Larry, from uh, Oriole Park before. And uh, sadly, this past week, he, he died at the age of 93. Hell of a run. Um, really upsetting. I found the news this morning. Uh, the Pickles Pub Facebook page had posted something about uh, about his passing and had a, a beer and his... <laughs> had a beer in his usual spot so. producer roberto back this week <laughs> and as always at the top of his game uh <laughs> the money we were watching the debate earlier uh from the west wing with the live debate show and roberto yes. just kept like ah. <laughs> mm. um but uh, yes larry uh larry has passed I, i'm very upset we were we were just talking about all the fun Larryisms. Uh, he used to, he used to, he was quite a flirt, but not in a uh, worrisome way. It's the sweet old man, not the creepy old man. Yeah, flirt, exactly. Where there is the old man flirt where you, he might think he can get you to come home, and then there's the, like your grandfather, and you bring your friend over, and he's yeah. like, "Hey there, sweetie." You're looking as good as a bag full of biscuits. You know, like, I don't know what that means, but he doesn't actually mean it. It's cute. Uh, and he did that. It was very, very, I don't think any of the women who were with us felt it was inappropriate. No. Uh, also, I felt it was inappropriate when he would continually ask the woman I was there with if I was bothering her and if he needed to <laughs> escort me out. Literally every game. Literally any woman that was there with a the man, it would be like, let me know if he gets out of hand. I'll kick him out real quick. Yeah, uh, I just took it a little personally because I felt like he was just zeroing in on me saying like, <laughs> she's too good for you. So I clearly you have not. Well, come clearly together. Larry has a great eye. I, That's, he, I mean, uh, clearly so. He so. can pick him. He can pick him. <laughs> but uh, Pickles is going to keep a beer uh, in his at his stool every game or every Sunday. In uh, his memory. In yeah. his memory this season. Uh, I don't know if Roberto has done his job, but there is a picture next to one of us at one point of our last picture with Larry. Um I think he had continued to work at Oriole Park up until obviously last season when they yeah. didn't have ushers. Uh, but uh, that was our last picture with him, which was September of 2016. So a couple months before we left. Yeah. It's a shame. I, 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 I'm, I, to me, it's like uh, people like that make the experience of going to the ballpark yep. what it is. Like the reason why baseball is so much better than any of the other sports in my mind is that you really get to know people around uh, the ballpark in a different kind of way than you do at, it's more like going to the bar. Like mm. if you have a regular bar you go to uh, and Larry was like one of the regulars that you would always see and you'd be happy to see and stuff like that. You may never see him anywhere other than the ballpark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was always nice to see him, but 
Well, uh, and also I think uh, that was part of our season ticket experience. Uh, yeah. Like, I think we, I met him maybe at first, our first day in those seats that yeah. we then kept for several years after that, or in the very near section. And, um, yeah, it was like, we've upgraded instead of just picking whatever seat we can afford or get into the ballpark. We have our seats. We have our guy. We know this guy. He knows us. Um, it, it made the experience. It, it made the whole ballpark experience. So very sad. Uh, but obviously I, I think more sad because there are going to be, I want to say, and I hope not, but I want to say he's the last of a generation that took the job like, like literally uh, everything about his job was let's have fun, but I'm also very serious about my job. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to joke with you about kicking him out, but also I don't know who those people are. Those are not your seats. Let's get somebody to get him out of here. <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, which I enjoy. Yeah. Take your job seriously, but also have fun with it. And now I, I remember, see. I remember there was once where I had brought food in from outside, like sushi or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And I asked him if I could sit up at the rails for a while uh, until uh, like while we ate the food and we'd move down to our seats afterwards. Yeah. And he was just like, I'll let you do it. But just understand that if somebody comes, I'm going to have to kick you out. <laughs> I'm just like, I get it, Larry. <laughs> he was always like he was nice, but he was always doing the thing where it's just like uh, I'm going to I'm going to exert a little bit of authority just so you know I have it. But we're all going to have a good time. Yeah. Nothing I, personal. <laughs> this is just my job. But I will kick you out if I have to. <laughs> By the way, uh, all I will those, escort you out of the ballpark if I must. All those games where we were literally the only people in the section. <laughs> <laughs> Many years of being uh, in the weeds of an Orioles fan where it's yeah. like, listen, somebody comes up. I'm going to have to kick you out. But yeah, get out of the rail if you want to go down. Like, all right, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Larry. Thanks. I don't think anybody paid the $300 that they would have to pay for this seat. I think we're going to be fine. Anyway, the goodbye to Larry. Yep. Uh, speaking of a, another 90-year-old man who takes his job seriously, but not too seriously, uh, the Biden COVID plan uh, <laughs> is passed now, except for caveat, as I had to explain to Roberto, not really passed. So... Uh, to get into the briefest of of reports of this, yeah, the schoolhouse Biden, rock version, yeah, uh, not nearly as cool. But uh, I'm not going to try to sing um, a lesson that maybe everyone around us should learn. <laughs> uh, but the schoolhouse rock version, uh, Biden had a plan. He then essentially handed off that plan to his friends in the House. They used their staffs to turn that plan into an actual piece of legislation. The legislation then gets voted on gets moved along to the House, or to the Senate. It passed the House with a almost party line vote, um, where the Democrats were, have a smaller majority than I there thought. There was no Republicans, though, I think, on the con congressional one. I don't no, no, but yeah. there were some people who were absent from the vote, and it's yeah. like, did you conveniently decide not to come? Because you right. knew they had the votes or whatever. Um, and that happens. A uh, uh, judge in Queens County, who used to be... Craddaville? Craddaville. Uh, they allowed him to, when necessary, miss votes, and then sometimes vote the other way. Like yeah. the Obama, uh, Obama. If we got this bill, one locked up, you can go against it because we know you're gonna have a tough district. Yeah. Uh, but then sometimes it was like, listen, uh, if we don't want you to be on record as being against this, but we also know you can't vote for it. So if you happen to be absent on that day, no one's gonna say anything. Yeah, uh, just gonna be call your name, skip to the next name. Not here today. Yeah. Um. So that that happens as well. Uh, went to the Senate where the parliamentarian, I think we talked about last week or the week before, uh, essentially said the rules don't allow for this legislation to include this. Yeah. So, and that would be the, the $15, $15 minimum. Yeah. yeah, and a couple other things they sort of separated off and had uh, standalone votes on. Yes. Uh, the biggest one being the, the $15 minimum wage because that was a campaign promise. 
uh, not only one that Biden uh, offered, but one that was shared by several senators who we'll get to in a moment. Uh, but now the Senate has passed a bill. That, that bill goes back to the House to vote on the amended bill, the bill that was passed by the Senate. Yeah. One of two things can happen. The House can pass that bill as it stands. Likely that's what will happen because Biden is like, we got to get some relief out. Uh, or they can amend it further. It'll then go into what's called conference committee where members of the House and Senate get together. They, this small group of 15, decide Hammer what out are, the details, what's the yeah. final bill. Then it goes back for a vote, which essentially is like, listen, we agreed on this. Just vote yes, and we're going to send it to the president. And then theoretically the president will sign it. I mean, he could take a stand and say, without a $15 minimum wage, I'm not going to sign this. He'll he'll take... This is the most important thing. This, yeah. this is what we've needed for a while now for to, to fix a lot of ills that were never really taken care of in previous relief efforts. Uh, I mean, obviously, the first time around when COVID first struck, we had the... Uh, it was the $600 payment originally, right? Or what was it? I can't even remember. Six hundred dollars originally. Yeah. yeah. Plus the uh, expanded oh, unemployment. Twelve hundred dollars. Twelve hundred. Yeah. Twelve hundred and then six hundred and unemployment. Yes. Um, we're getting three hundred this time in unemployment for fourteen hundred dollar direct payment, and a lot of money being spent on bailing out states that have been sort of shouldering the blame of a lot of these financial decisions that have been coming along. And uh, it's not really show like bailing them out as much as it is paying for costs so we can reopen because yeah. the states are out of money. So it's like, we need to get our schools ready. We don't have the cash to do it. Right? Yeah. Federal government will give us the cash to open schools. Right. Um, and then, you know, expanding the vaccines and, and helping to uh, get schools open. There, there's there's a lot of good things here in this bill. Wait, wait. And you say expanding vaccines almost as like they have a plan, Corey. <laughs> oh, wait. Uh, uh, I'll refrain. Go ahead. Let's finish the bill. We'll get to the vaccines. I, I just, uh, I think it's good that we are finally getting to the point where something that might actually make some sort of tangible difference has been has been passed here because for so long we were going back and forth about whether or not they were going to do anything for the they shoved through coney barrett and we were just like where's our, t our relief and yep. stuff like that uh I, i'm i'm happy that we're finally getting to a point where something can help us just get through the last little bit i i do i do really inside of me think that by uh september 5th which is when the expanded unemployment is set to expire uh we will be at a much better place and the economy will be way more open than it is right now i mean it will be just as things progress unless something goes horribly wrong i was gonna say vaccinations are supposed to be done by then right they're yeah. july and now they're saying may so well I'm, you know like you, you do uh you do like to criticize Biden for this, but I will say that, you know, we're, we're past 50 million vaccinations way faster than we thought we would be. Uh, we're still way on pace to have 100 uh, million vaccinations by the time Biden's 100 days comes up. Mm. Um, and both those were things that we were saying to ourselves. Uh, I you know, it sounds like it's promising talk, but we'll see. Yep. And, you know, so far, so good. So we'll see what happens. I, I still don't. I still don't feel like. Uh, it really gets the with the like fifteen dollar minimum wage not passing. There's a lot of sort of like long held societal ills which are not being fixed. Like we're not course correcting based off of things that have gone wrong over the course of the pandemic. Yeah, but we're at least doing things to impact people on a day to day basis, and especially people with kids. There's a whole lot of 
child credits and and you know like direct payments for people yep. with kids uh it doesn't make it any easier the fact that you've had to do homeschooling uh with your kids or, or remote learning with your kids at home but listen uh, it, it, it you know it certainly will help if you uh, wanted ease teach, the burden if you wanted teachers to get a raise this is the best thing that could have happened because yeah. every parent had to stay at home with their shitty fucking kid for the last <laughs> six months and like i don't care how much it costs Get the teachers back. Get the kids back in the classroom. I can't do this anymore. Um, also, I would say 50 million vaccines is fantastic. So um, I wanted to go to our roving reporter. Uh, it's a bullshit. And uh, let's ask any of the 600,000 people who have died how they feel about 50 million vaccinations. It's all. Oh, wait, that's right. Yeah, we can't ask them. Uh, also, it's all bullshit doesn't exist. But um, what? <laughs> uh, 50 million vaccinations is great. It does not matter to the 600,000 people who are dead. And it's not going to matter to uh, the 100,000 people who are going to die between now and the end. So. Yeah. I Listen, there were... what Once a year ago, when we were talking about this, further than a year ago, honestly, if we're being, if we're being real about it. Our we were first talking reference about it. was January 14th, 2020. Yeah. Not in the... Even in the... Uh, the title. It was just in the part of the show. Somebody, I think me, probably said, yeah, there's something weird going on in China. Anyway, let's talk about Trump. <laughs> and then uh, two months later, we were just like, okay, so the whole country shut down. Uh, this is super weird. We're all at home. What's what's going on here? <laughs> um, I think that in the end, we are going to, uh, we are going to find ourselves in a place where we're going to be able to to fix more like the next the next big stage is going to be uh parts of like infrastructure and mm -hmm. uh doing things that are wildly popular to help continue this role because this this bill right here well, you, you has say a, that? had like a 71 percent approval among, amongst american people which is like it might as well be you know, like a hundred percent approval. Once you get to seventy-one percent of people, you know what else has seventy percent approval though? What? A uh, fifteen-dollar minimum wage. Oh yeah, and yet the <laughs> uh, roving gang of Democrats decided that wasn't good enough for them. Well, I don't want to blame all the Democrats because here's the thing: most of them vote. Most of the senators voted exactly how I expected. Uh, fifty senators or fifty Republican senators voted uh, against the will of the people who live in their states. I. In a way that I can't comprehend, they essentially just said, uh, no, we don't care. The ones I don't really understand, though, Kristen Cinema, Joe Manchin, both of whom ran on raising the federal minimum wage. And I just would like to point out to Kristen that um, please enjoy the next five years because it's going to be your last in the U.S. Senate. Yeah. You barely got elected in a state that has just started going purple, let alone blue, and you put on a show for Mitch McConnell, who probably won't live until you get to vote next or you get voted in next. And then you mocked John McCain. And it wasn't mocking. I'm sure she meant it in a like, I'm doing this as a tribute. John McCain walked up, looked Mitch McConnell in the eye and yeah. said, I don't care what party politics says. I'm voting my conscience. No. Yeah. Kristen Cinema went up and said, hey, hey, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. I'm voting with you. Hey, yeah. No. To a $15 minimum wage that helps the people of your state. Yeah. So enjoy the next five years. Um, although, that being said, when um, the when Cuomo gets reelected governor in 2022 and Hogan runs for president in 2020, hey, when all these guys are running for president in four, in four years, I'm going to have to eat crow when nobody cares. Nobody yeah. cares. Uh, they just vote for whoever, and Kristen Sinema goes in for her second uh, term. 
I, I was thinking uh, perhaps the the way to a $15 minimum wage isn't through uh, just ask. I was thinking about it in terms of this. So uh, there was revolution. A lot of, yes. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Corey. Of, Tell me your idea of, people, of revolution. There's a lot of people who talk about the idea that uh, if you raise the minimum wage, then uh, companies are going to have to shoulder a certain amount of year over year increases to the salaries of their workforce. Mm hmm. Uh, which for some small businesses is going to be very difficult. So how about as an encouraging first step, why don't we have a tax on uh, dividends or stock buybacks or anything like that for every dollar that is below what would take us to a $15 minimum wage for the workforce of the thing. So for example, uh, the average employee at Walmart makes $11 an hour. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's just say that we say four dollars for every employee Walmart has. Walmart has how many employees like three hundred seventy thousand. Sure. So four times three hundred seventy five thousand. OK. And uh, in order to be able to pay any kind of stock buyback or, you know, dividends or uh, bonuses for the CEOs or anything like that, you would have to pay a penalty for the amount that was uh, done there. And then you can apply it to unemployment and help people who are un unemployed amongst other things. And I, I don't hate the idea. It's a backdoor punishment. Yeah. And it allows a lot of people who are within big, huge structures like that. It, it prioritizes companies to do it on their own because big companies like Walmart, if they wanted to, could easily pay $15 yes. for every single employee. Yes. So you're not going to get them to change that until you, physically change the law and because that because we're not going to get a straight $15 minimum wage passed you might as well look at how can we get them to do it without telling them they have to do it and a good way of doing that is taxing them on the value against what they give to investors what if we burn down one Walmart store every <laughs> week until they raise their minimum wage to $15 nationally I mean that sounds an awful lot like uh, something the Joker would do I'm just saying it sounds like listen a <laughs> uh, when you're a kid you when idolize you get your divine Batman. inspiration <laughs> your kid you idolize Batman but as you grow up you start to realize that Joker really had his shit together and uh, <laughs> maybe it's the world that's gone nuts but uh, listen I love that plan I think that's fine that's a fine first step uh, how about putting a tax on the one tenth of one percent that only applies to billion after the first billion that is made per year. Uh, that would bring in six billion dollars yeah, in revenue. The Elizabeth Warren plan there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, where Je uh, Bezos would pay. Six, essentially, it, the the number I saw that six billion is Bezos. By yeah. it's not even all the billionaires. It's just him by himself produce six billion dollars of tax revenue in a year. Well, it, and. That is less than he makes in a month. We're going to we're going to get into climate change at some point here soon. But uh, one of the things that had been proposed before is just taxing the 100 companies who do the most polluting, yeah. which is equivalent to I think it was like 70 percent of the pollution is from the top 100 companies or so. Except uh, those numbers don't include the U.S. military. If yeah. you include the U.S. military, then it's the U.S. military is the top. And then. Uh, it fills the first 100 spots. And then after that, then there are 70 companies that also produce. Altogether, 85 to 90% of pollution in, that is put out in the world every day is the U.S. military or these 70 companies. Yeah. And so there have, been pro there have been proposals to tax those companies for that, sure. that uh, kind of environmental danger that they cause. 
And I like the fact that they give you a small number and show you how big of an impact it can have. Sure. Uh, Elizabeth Warren, when she was talking about it, said that uh, that that tax would only apply to about 100 families in the United States. Yes. And when you think to yourself, oh, clearly I'm not one of the 100 richest people in this country. This would not affect me. Yeah. It makes it a lot easier for you to say, well, yeah, that tax should go into effect. And I, I think the smart new way of putting that in there is, that, again, every American thinks they're a temporary, temporarily down on their luck billionaire. And yeah. like, I don't want high taxes because when I'm a billionaire, it's like, okay, it's not even billionaires. What we're talking about is multi-hundred billion dollar families yeah. being taxed only on income above a billion. So even if you made a billion dollars a year, you would still not be taxed. It, this is above I think and beyond that. It, I think it's funny if you think about it in terms of like, if you went from a real poor to rich story. So like take like Jay-Z. I don't think Jay-Z qualifies. What are you, is he one of the hundred richest people in this country? So he is, except... Maybe after the title deal? He is, except title is not him. And it's not money. That's the thing. Jeff Bezos is making actual money into his account mm. because he's being paid and he's selling stock. Like, yeah. it's actual cash. Jay-Z has a valuation that puts right. him in the top 100. Well, I mean, Bezos has a him. lot of stock, too. But I'm saying, like, yes, there there is the valuation. But I'm saying, like, you know, even if I'm saying even if you were born poor on the streets yes and you're jay-z you don't get into the you top might 100. not even get to the top 100 no, no uh in fact i mean i think we have to get into like top ten thousand to get to any person of color it, it's a lot of white people at the top um well one of the people of color who would be included would be oprah and we'll yes. get to her in a little bit when we talk about megan markle too and but. again uh born very poor and made a lot of money and I feel I like know. I feel like she's not wanting for anything. I, I I think that she she could afford to lose a little bit off the top. Yes. But more than anything, the point of the fifteen dollar minimum wage is that we are America has outpriced its lower class. Yes. I, I I I think back to when I was in high school, I would get the same meal at McDonald's every every day for lunch, so I knew the price specifically. Two thirty nine. It was 503, oh, okay, 503 for a double quarter pounder meal with a Coke. Okay. Um, and I, I haven't been to McDonald's in a while, so I don't know what the relevant price is. And taxes in California are higher than Maryland. Yeah. But uh, you're looking closer at 10 bucks than you are at 5 bucks. And with Postmates, $40. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so... What a kick in the junk, too. Anytime I'm just like, oh, maybe I will order. And then you look at the final price and you're just like, I'm not paying 40 bucks for McDonald's. Um, uh, The fact that we've basically doubled the cost of goods in this country and yet the salary has remained the same for the lowest of the low workers is it's completely unacceptable. And the the American people feel this. And I I feel like the eight senators mansion and cinema probably at the top of the list are going to to hear it from the people. I would hope so. Yeah. I don't think so. But I want I want the argument you made is one that everyone always makes and I, and I want to put it to a quick test. So, uh, if I am a small business owner, I can pay my employees whatever I want, right? Yeah. So no, if, well, I mean like you do have some restrictions on what you can pay. Okay, wait, cuz because if I put up a business model and I realize I can only pay my ten, my 10 employees 350 an hour, I'm able to pay them 350 an hour. No. I'm unable to start my business. Right. Because I can't pay my employees. You would have to get less employees if you needed right. to, to, to reach the minimum. Less employees, or you just realize that you're not in a place where you're prepared to have the startup cost paid for. Yeah. Uh, or I need to plan on 
I got to make this thing profitable in six months instead of a year because my run up cash only goes six months. So why are we not saying the same thing about a $15 minimum wage? Because if I can't pay seven twenty five, I can only pay three fifty. I don't start my business, or yeah. I hire less employees, or I have less run up time. If it's fifteen dollars, it's just a bigger equation. It's half as many. Okay, a quarter of the employees rather than seven seventy five paying three fifty. I can only hire a, high, a quarter of them to get to fifteen, or my run up time is only three months, not a year, or I can't start my business. Yeah. Why is that not the discussion? Because no one is disagreeing that I can hear that $15 is essentially the bare minimum of a living wage in the United States. So the argument is, in, in order to keep the petite bourgeoisie in business, because we need them for reasons that are unclear, we have to have the working class be in poverty. Yeah. Because the inevitability is, if you start a business paying seven twenty-five, dollars we as taxpayers are paying the other $7. Because they're going to get Medicare, they're going to get food stamps, they're going to get get all sorts of public benefits. Rental assistance, yeah. We pay mm. for that you are not paying taxes on. If instead we switch to $15 and we made it a, li- a mi- and not a minimum, but a living wage, then a lot of those benefits decrease. And the burden on the state goes down, the burden on the individual goes up, and maybe again, I don't get to start my business. But today I can't start a business if I can't make it function. If I can't make it work, I'm sorry. You don't get to start your business. I have a million great business ideas. I do not have capital to get them started. I so, mean, the, 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 it's in my mind, I feel like if you are not at the point where you can pay a reasonable wage of somebody for the time that they spend, then you shouldn't be operating like so you're drawing an arbitrary line though because yeah. you're saying 725 because i mean like if you know flour has gone up if you want to like just look at base costs like flour has gone up tremendously in the last 20 years yeah. since i was buying the double quarter pounder in high school right yes. so wait wait you think there's real flour in that bun Good well no you. i'm just it's, saying it's a yoga mat that's cut <laughs> in the shape of a bun and then painted right but <laughs> across the board whatever you want to say uh horse patties imitation cheese yes <laughs> Fake pickles. Uh, they're probably real pickles. <laughs> they're probably real pickles. <laughs> pickles aren't that expensive. <laughs> but still, dramatic increase in cost in the last 20 years. Yeah. And yet, they still have found a way to make these things not cost $25 each, but which is... The statistics are there. It, the countries, two countries, Australia and Denmark, both doubled their minimum wage. Average cost of goods went up 20 cents. A burger at McDonald's went up 20 cents. The meal went up 20 cents. Everything basically went up 20 cents. Yeah. Because there's this idea that if I pay my employees 15 instead of 725, that because that's essentially doubled, that the cost of everything is doubled. And that's not how it works because this guy is not making one cheeseburger in an hour. Also, if you're at McDonald's, you're you're trying to keep your labor cost at probably like 17%, 20%, something like that, if lower. Sure. So you're you're not even... uh, you're only affecting hypothetically you're doubling 20% of what would be going into the cost of that burger. Sure. So, and that is, it's not like, that's what, a it's increase. not like a $5 item would ever go to being a $10, $10. or $25 item. It would be a $5 item at most. If you were just taking it out on the customer for what you're paying your employees would go up by a dollar. Yes. That would be the max and what it would take to, Hypothetically, if sales remained the same and nothing else changed and you couldn't figure out some other way to make it work, you're paying an extra dollar on every $5 item. And because the market is so beautiful and it has an invisible hand, 
there is a level at which it won't bear the price of a cheeseburger. Yeah. And as soon as you start selling yours for six, Wendy's is going to make theirs five fifty, And now you're like, well, all right, five twenty five. And you know what? The thing that starts getting eaten into is profits, not yeah. costs. So the be- people they are won't just sell afraid. it for less than cost. No, they're yeah. not going to sell it for less than cost. And you know what? That's why if I go to um, Mr. Beast Burger, which is my new favorite place in Hollywood, I pay a little bit more for a burger. But I also know they're not buying twenty thousand pounds a week of burger, so yeah. they don't get it for the same cost. But I also know I can look in the window and I see the guy who makes it, and I also know it's a small business. There's three guys who went in on a, a burger place together. I fucking like that story for some reason. That. I don't know. Three guys making a, a dreams come true. So, um, but I like the story and I'll pay a little more for the burger because I want to support that business. McDonald's isn't that. It's not uh, Roy and uh, what's the other? Uh, no, Roy, uh, Ray. Ray Kroc is not the guy. I was talking about the two brothers that yeah, actually started yeah, yeah. the place. But it's not that cute little family story. It's, yeah, it's Nick Offerman. And- <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I almost said his name. Like Nick Offerman. <laughs> It's, it's Ray Kroc. It's yeah. a corporate guy who just wants to make money. And it's not going to bear a $5 uh, burger. Well, so. the other thing, just a last point here, is that people will... Life is about how you overcome whatever is put in front of you to succeed, hypothetically. If you're talking baby. about this capitalism, yeah. you're talking about things get in your way, you overcome these obstacles, and if you do it better than other people, you are successful. Sure. So... You know, Ray Kroc was going to figure out. He just had that mind to be able to create oh. a empire, right? McDonald's like, was his like fourth thing. Yeah, I mean, like he he knew how to. There's some people who know how to build big, huge things, turn something small into some big, huge multinational corporation. Uh, that was Ray Kroc. He knew how to how to do that. Um, if he if if one of the things that he had to do was just pay people fifteen dollars an hour. He would just, it, that's just a factor going into how do I get from here to there? Absolutely. Like, that's just another thing you have to plan for. Yeah. And y- you do it. Like, I, I don't, you know, there were plenty of uh, people who got paid at like Nelson's and stuff like that. And I'd be like, you know, like, it, there's no point in ever looking at like how much people get paid and acquire it to value of any kind. Yeah. Because. No. You know, worthless people will get a lot of money and people who work really hard will get little money. I'm in management. And- <laughs> I understand this. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. It, you know, it, it's just you got to figure it out somehow anyway. So let's just do it. Um, yeah. And th- let's not make excuses. And fuck Kristen Cinema and, and Joe Manchin. Also, yeah. I mean, fuck both of them. Uh, let's not, let's stop making excuses. Um, also, and- fuck the Republicans uh, in the media end who were spending all this week trying to make it about Dr. Seuss rather than helping people who have real concerns about like, where, well, where, what, are they going to talk about a $15 minimum wage to a bunch of people who would be like, I'd really like to make $15. Like <laughs> half the people who watch the news or uh, who watch Fox news are, are poor people. You know, it wasn't even that it wasn't even just the $15 minimum wage. It wasn't just ignoring the American rescue plan. It wasn't even the uh, FBI director testifying about the extents to which white supremacists and uh, hate groups were involved in the January 6th. Spoiler. It was a problem. (laughs) (laughs) And the direct question of, so is there any truth to the rumors that like liberal groups acted like Trump supporters to storm the Capitol? It's just like, no, (laughs) none of that. None of that showed up on Fox News. None of that was on OAN. None of that was on uh uh, the other one dr seuss is canceled Corey. Yeah. it's the most important story of the week green I eggs and ham canceled <laughs>
Did you see uh did you see Papa John by the way too? Oh god. Now why the hell is Papa John crawling out <laughs> he again? He was he was on OAN uh and they were asking him about like, you know, like how did the liberal media ruin your life? And then like almost unprompted he's just like over the last 20 months I've had a strenuous thing of trying to rid the n-word from my body and it's just like why must you <laughs> <laughs> or rid the n-word from my vocabulary and it's just like why was it stuck there why was it there before like i've gone i've gone 36 years and haven't, <laughs> haven't had to worry about yes expelling that from my vocabulary i just don't say it mm. i'm aware it's a word it's not it's not something i need to get and to into. be fair uh the n-word that phrase yeah. is much more a part of my vocabulary than the word it's replacing yeah. uh so i uh listen uh your, your first flaw in your argument there, Corey, was when you said he was on OAN. And I was just like, <laughs> yeah. nope, definitely didn't see it then. Because uh, I'll watch clips of Fox News occasionally yeah. to like, get context. Like Tucker Carlson trying to cancel uh, Dr. Dr. Seuss. Which, by the way, isn't what happened. Uh, the publisher said, yeah. here are six books that don't make us a lot of money. How can we cut these books and look like heroes? Oh, uh, well, they're vaguely racist, so we're not going to print these anymore because racism. Not because they don't make any money. Uh, and then the whole left said... Or oh, if only they were so responsible or they could they could legitimately recognize that these are racist books. And by saying that they're not going to sell them anymore, sell a whole lot of other Dr. Seuss books because people will fear that all the doctors you want to sell a lot of copies of Celtic Pride. Say we're going to get rid of it because oh, yeah. it's racist. And then all of a sudden there's going to be this black market of people trying to buy Celtic, Celtic Pride Party. DVDs. And it's like the cost will go from 12 cents to $25 for a copy of this movie that nobody has cared to watch in the last 30 years. You know, like top five books on Amazon were all Dr. Seuss books or yeah. collections of Dr. Seuss books. Uh, and that is all the right saying you're not going to be able to get these books. You might. As and I, I don't know if like Tucker Carlson has an Amazon link. Was he like sending people to Amazon <laughs> through his link? Yo, click my affiliate link. Click this affiliate link. If you're going to go buy Dr. Seuss books. Uh, Cause that's the only thing that makes sense to me. But otherwise it's like, okay, so you boosted sales I know you have a lot of faith in, that people do things for the right reasons. I, I don't. I think I'm not saying they, they do. I'm just saying anyway. either way, like even if they were doing it for the right reasons, they probably knew that they would be able to get some sort to of boost. bump in sales from just yes. doing the right thing. Yes. And uh, capitalism sucks. Uh, there is no good alternative. <laughs> Let's get. And by the way, but. by the way, there's perfectly reasonable people who have done perfectly reasonable like things that can be enjoyed for future generations that just need to be uh, acknowledged for the problematic parts of their life yes Walt Disney was a horrendous racist yes there were awful racist Disney cartoons that you who has seen sound, uh, song of the south here me <laughs> yeah once probably. I have it on my phone no I have it on my phone oh you download it yeah yes. so, <laughs> but I'm saying like nobody's actually seen song of the south everyone knows zippity doodah it, like it's managed to somehow Break free of the racist chains in which it was originally created. Well, because he actively to, he made that song also the Disney Saturday afternoon movie theme song, so that kids would sing Zippity Doodah and yeah. not know that it was from Song of the South. Yeah, uh, let's repurpose this this good song from you, an awful thing. Did you write on Splash Mountain? Yes, that's Song of the South. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but nobody knows. Nobody that knows one. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so, uh, and now it's getting changed, by the way, because apparently they got called out for that. So it's going to get changed. Yeah. But uh, uh, speaking of institutional racism, that uh, is still beloved for reasons I don't understand. The monarchy in Britain has come into question uh, this week, obviously, because yesterday evening, uh, Prince Harry, who is a white man who is at the long end of a trail of white people colonizing and being colonizers. Uh, who is married to Meghan Markle, who is a uh, mixed woman, I believe 
just black and white. I believe so. I, 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 I got to be honest. I don't come to us for any information about who these people are because <laughs> not it, the one. I have I have a general knowledge of a couple people in the royal family, but then I'll also watch these things and be like, "Who's Camilla again? Who is this person?" Also, <laughs> I misspoke because I forgot. Harry is actually not Charles's kid. It's Diana's best friend's kid who she just got knocked <laughs> up with while Charles was. Uh, that's the one bit of like controversial uh, royal stuff that I know. Like mm-hmm. he looks just like the friend, even though William looks like Charles and. Uh, well, Harry all, has all his hair, too, which is... Uh, weird, right? Yeah. Weird that ne- none of the other men in the family have their hair, and Harry's <laughs> just, like, full-out redhead. Uh, anyway, so a uh, very white man uh, who is in the monarchical family of UK marries an actress from L.A. who is uh, of mixed racial heritage, um, and they are interviewed by the most successful black woman in history. Yeah. Um, I saw the uh, there's a movie out about the like the first black millionaire woman, and I saw a comparison between her and Oprah. And even taking into account the dollar difference between inflation, 1875 and 2020, Oprah is god rich. Like she's just yeah. like print money rich. Yeah, she started a, a, a magazine just because. Like, <laughs> yeah, how much? Wait, how much? Uh, no, that's fine. That's, oh, a, that that's a rounding that error. That's fine. Let's just go ahead and do that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so she, uh, Oprah interviewed uh, Meghan Markle, who is the Duchess of Sussex, and Prince Harry, otherwise known as the Duke of Sussex, these things I know. Um, and uh, although they will no longer be known by those royal titles because they have been booted from the royal family. Yeah, they abdicated and then got booted. So there, I qu- I quit. You can't quit. You fired. My understanding <laughs> is there was no official abdication. There was an intention to abdicate and then a removal from the family. Yeah. However, a more further research, and this is the part that interests me, uh, the only part. Uh, the queen is literally the only person who can do it, and apparently it came from her privy cabinet, but not from her. So there's a back out. Like, if... Harry is, would divorce Megan, which is really what this is about. Like, yeah. let's get rid of the darkie and her child um, and then come back to the family. The queen could be like, well, I never said that he was out. Uh, yeah. The privy cabinet said that. And or in 10 years or, uh, you know, 40 years when she dies and Charles takes over, uh, Charles can say, well, by divine right, I am now king and my mother is dead. Yeah. So by divine right, I say you're once again the Duke of Sussex and my son. And you go back in line. And you just go back yeah. in line because uh, it's uh, whose line is it anyway? Uh, the rules are made up and the points don't matter. Yeah. Uh, that's when it, what happens when it comes to the Royals. Um, I wanted to talk about it only because everyone's talking about it and I don't understand why. Didn't we fight a whole fucking Two fucking wars so we didn't have to give a shit about the fucking monarchy of the United Kingdom? I, I mean, I will say this. I, I think that Everyone has the right to be happy, and if they aren't happy, they shouldn't be stuck in the British monarchy to, to, like, you know, like, just like, if I was, you know, the auto parts king of Cleveland, and I had a son, you know, would I like him to take over my family business? Absolutely. But does he need to? If he wants to be, if he's going to be happy doing something else, I'd rather him do that something else. To you know? be fair, you really do resemble the son of the auto parts king of <laughs> Cleveland more than the king himself. Um, and that's a deep pull. I see Roberto laughing and I know he has no idea what that movie is, nor who we're talking about. I actually don't think that's the, the right one either. I don't think it's Cleveland. I think it was something else. But. Oh, it was in Michigan. It was somewhere in Michigan, right? Oh, he's in Detroit? Chicago. Chicago? Ray Zielinski? Is that where... 
Are you thinking Tommy Boy? Is I'm that thinking what? Tommy yeah. Boy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and his uh, Chris. Um, oh, not nah, name just went out of my head. Farley. Chris Farley. Yeah. Uh, is the son who yeah, yeah, yeah. is trying to impress his dad by yeah, being yeah. the and uh, goes on the and adventure with David Spade. Nonetheless, uh, that's a movie that, by the way, thirty years old, <laughs> 30, 30 years old. Uh, that movie, so yay. Uh, but uh, I, I think I I can understand why uh, Meghan Markle and Harry are not wanting to play this game anymore. Sure, uh, Harry's mother is dead because of the results of a tyrannical paparazzi that follows them around everywhere they go. Uh, and they were being born ousted in, by his grandmother from the family. They were born into this rather than choosing it for themselves. I mean, like, if you wanted to become the biggest celebrity in the world, like yeah. a Brad Pitt level star, you're going to have to come to terms with the fact that at some point people are going to want to take your picture on the streets. That's but like I'm part choosing, of the... I'm to be an actor. I yeah. want to be an actor. I've tried very hard and Brad to Brad Pitt an wants to be a carpenter. He doesn't have to worry about this stuff. But he chose to be an actor. So I don't therefore... know. Cause in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he was a carpenter. And I think if I saw <laughs> that guy fixing my roof, I would still be like... You got to be in the pictures. What's up, buddy? It's, uh, <laughs> uh, if my, the convict. The convict who's now a model. Where you see his picture and yeah, you're just yeah. like... I could just fall asleep in those eyes. Uh, we got to get you doing something else. Uh, uh, but yeah, it, it, I also, by the way, 50, he's 50. I also, I also don't uh, need, I also don't need to hear it too much from them. Like I understand. Be happy. Go live your life. You don't have to be involved in the monarchy. I don't give a shit if you don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think everyone should just do whatever makes them happy. But at the same time, let's not act like it's some big, huge, brave thing because, they're trying to raise their clout so that they can have more eyes on the Netflix deal, which is that coming they're because they're yeah. they're doing uh, uh, documentaries and you know scripted things, and maybe they'll be on camera, and who knows? And blah, it's the blah, Obama. Blah. It's the same thing as Obama, there. right? Yeah. And you know, like uh, listen, you're you're allowed to make money, you're allowed to do what you want, but don't you know, like th- this is not the the reason why the British royal family is always in the press is because they want to always be in yeah. the press. It, it's like the Kardashians. If somebody forgets your name for 15 minutes, then you might as well be out of their memory completely. Yeah. So you were the, the uh, symbolic, but still the head of state. And you yeah. literally for a time when um, I forget when Elizabeth did that, but essentially nobody saw her for like four years. She just was, went from castle to castle to castle. And they're like, where's the queen? We guys have to check every castle. The one with the flag up is the one she's at. Yeah. Didn't see her. Nobody knew anything. You can do that. But she, much like uh, Chris Kardashian, has realized that like being, the, oh, I'm sorry, Chris Jenner. Is it Chris Jenner? Yeah. She go back to Kardashian? Jenner? Yeah. Jenner. Uh, just so we don't get confused by who I'm talking about. Uh, she realized that like, oh, if I call the paparazzi ahead of time and we get a few pictures and then I can be like, I don't know why you guys are bothering us so much. <laughs> and then we walk away. Even though they called and let them know that they were going to be 100%. there. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so like Queen does the same thing. Yeah, uh, and you know, uh, you you can tell just based off of like there was the BuzzFeed article that had the twenty similar articles uh, comparing Kate to uh, Kate Middleton to uh, Meghan Markle. Yes, and it's amazing when you look at the same publication with two different types of headlines. One like, you know, like Kate radiant walking around holding her baby bump, and then it's just like, why must Meghan always touch her baby? <laughs> Like the fact that they're 180 degree opposite things is that's the type of thing that happens when you are on the wrong side of somebody who has a good relationship with the press yeah. or has an end to the press. And I'm not saying the queen is like calling up the sun being like, you won't believe what Megan did today. But, the Privy but she's Council. got people who can do that yeah. if she needs. So like there's no. And I was going to say, let's do a comparison between the two. Um, 
Both are married to princes. Yeah. Both princes have the same mother and the same father. Right. Uh, both are commoners. Mm-hmm. Both were rich coming into the relationship, so it's not really about money for either of them. Right. I mean, um, rich-ish, not well, British not royal family British, yeah. rich, but... <laughs> Not a palace is named after your family. It's not like there were Rockefellers or anything, no. but, but they I were doing arguably, all right. Kate Middleton came from an uh, upper crust family in the UK, yeah. and Meghan Markle was a self-made woman American actress, but also rich from being an American actress. Yeah. So you have that. Uh, they both married their sons at about the same age. They both had children at about the same age. There's really only one difference I see between them, other than the fact that Meghan is clearly hotter than Kate, and I. I at me, I don't give a fuck. I, I will, I will at you on that one. I, I have a, I would, I would pick Kate. Out of your mind. What are you talking about? Oh, but listen, uh, one of us has signed up She's for a- vanilla <laughs> sex for the rest of our life, and the other one hasn't. So maybe that makes sense that you would pick Kate. I can't tell you. Uh, um, but nonetheless, uh, just one man's opinion. I'm just saying. <laughs> So there's only one difference other than the fact that Megan is clearly hotter and more talented. Um, I mean, Harry's hotter than William. I'll put that also, one. Also, that is true. <laughs> like, like, that one, I feel like, is a slam dunk. Like, I mean, honestly, if you if it was like, listen, we have this royal family, we have three sons, but we're going to let you vote on who the son that becomes king is. Who is it that gets the votes? Really? Like, yeah. It's going to be Harry. Harry's <laughs> going to get the votes for that. Like, okay. So the only difference is that Megan is uh, of mixed racial background. And... I understand that maybe for many Americans, they're surprised that the royal family of the United Kingdom is racist. Um, Listen, uh, this is an empire that was built on racism. Yeah. Uh, They were the first country in the world to abolish slavery. That is absolutely true. And they did so in their empire. Not true. Uh, Illegal to have slaves in England and Wales and uh, Scotland and Ireland. Not illegal to have slaves in any of the colonies anywhere else. Later on, yes, but when they they like to quote this date of, I think it's 1788 or 1820, there's an early date where they outlawed slavery. The truth is, yeah, in London. If you're looking at the colonies, and completely different. At a place where they started sticking uh, white Irishmen into uh, factories, and they're like, well, don't need slave labor anymore. Uh, Mm. These guys, we don't have to house them, we don't have to feed them we just give them a little bit of money and they go to work and they die really easily and then we just replace them with more this island just springs forth (laughs) generations and generations (laughs) of labor for us then they didn't need slavery anymore but when you went out to places they were like uh so it's real expensive to get somebody to come work here they're like oh slaves that's fine i uh i would like to finish off by saying that uh Paramount Plus. Oh, the network <laughs> that had... Listen, but, uh, the so, network with the exclusive to the interview. <laughs> well, so listen to this. Uh, <laughs> CBS paid $8 million for this interview, right? Yes. And it aired on CBS. Yes. And probably a very good use of money because uh, this this interview on CBS had higher ratings than anything other than the Super Bowl all year long. Yeah, I think they got a 40 share yeah, on a Sunday it was, night. It was a fucking crazy. huge number. Yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't have cable anymore or don't have a saddle or a dish to be able to receive uh cbs if you don't have it not the people who are usually watching cbs those folks all still have their cable package so there was a lot of people who were saying to themselves oh well this thing's on fucking paramount plus they, they just they just had a super bowl ad the best of cbs everything that cbs and paramount has to offer yeah. cbs and viacom has to offer why do i go on paramount plus last night looking around saying like Maybe I'll watch a couple of minutes of this while I fall asleep and find nothing <laughs> because Harpo and the 
production company via Netflix that Harry and uh, Meghan have. Yeah. Have the rights to this thing. The streaming rights to this the thing. The streaming rights, yeah. And not Paramount Plus. Right. So, It'll appear uh, on Netflix in a few weeks, probably. There were a shit ton of people who signed up for Paramount Plus <laughs> yesterday, <laughs> hoping to find this thing and not finding it. And I... Listen, I, I think that uh, every streaming service is going to have to find their way. Uh, Warner Brothers did their thing by just like, fuck it, we're just going to release all the movies, and this is how we'll get people on the service. And it uh, worked. But usually, spending a lot of money to tell everybody about your service and then disappointing them immediately out of the gate yeah. is one of the the not, biggest not sins you can, <laughs> you can commit. Also, if you do a quick search, uh, their number one scripted television show not on yeah. the app uh, yeah. or the, the streaming service. <laughs> yeah, you really love Yellowstone? Not on Paramount Plus, you don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we would, I would say that of our friends group, uh, other than the interview, which I spent uh, an hour walking someone through how to mm-hmm. set up Paramount on their Roku, just to find that it wasn't on there. Uh, and by the way, thanks, Paramount, because then I got blamed because somehow it's my fault that you didn't put <laughs> it on your network uh, and we spent so much time setting it up. Um, but also our, from our friends group, we watch, uh, bar rescue yep. on a paramount network, which was at one point man TV or whatever. And now it's spike. Yeah. It was spike TV for now, men. Yeah. Now what is it? It's paramount, paramount network. Just yeah. Paramount network. Um, not on the paramount app. Right. So strike three, uh, no interview, no Yellowstone, which is the only thing I really wanted to watch. And then also no, uh, bar rescue. So why am I going to your app? What's on it? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm gonna get it for good fight. And then be done with my one month of they're they're gonna they're gonna deal with churn like no 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 streaming service i think i've ever seen oh. you big ups to peacock for being one of the few that has a free tier oh yeah because fuck i signed up for that immediately i was just like i what will i watch on peacock i don't know but i will watch something and i'll keep that that service for as long as it's free like and i have i said i paid for a month because i wanted to watch they had a show called brave new world based on the book I watched that show. I also watched a couple of other things. Now, if they're smart, uh, all of that debuted right at the opening of Peacock. Yeah. If they're smart, they're going to spread out those shows over four different months because I will pay for it to watch the new episodes of Brave New World. And I'll pay for it to watch the couple episodes. Like when Brave New World comes out, then I'll watch uh, Saved by the Bell, which is yeah. also on Peacock. But when those And then shows, after that's done, you'll watch a little Punky Brewster and then... And I, Punky Brewster, not enough for me to get it. But when I'm already paying for it for something I want, I will watch it. Yeah. Now, if they take three shows that I want and they spread them out to three different months of the year, I'm not going to wait two months to watch Brave New World. I'll pay for it. I'll cancel it. Go back to the free tier. Then I'll pay for it again for another month because there's no penalty. But they got me for three months of the 12. Yeah. To pay for it. Okay, great. Maybe four or five if I forget to cancel yeah. it. And then I'm like, well, shit, there's the other show coming out in two weeks, so I might as well just keep it, uh, which is how they got me the first month. Because I got the free month, and then I let it roll over because I paid, forgot it. I've paid for two months of CBS All Access. The month that I got it, uh, for the first time I watched through The Good Fight, mm-hmm. and then uh, another month where I watched it again, so, or like watched the next season that came out. So I feel like we need to have a conversation. Um, I need to tell you how you're watching these shows made for old women uh, has negatively impacted me in the following (laughs) ways. I used to respect you. And now I question that on a daily basis. Cause the good fight just like when you put Christine Baranski in, in your favorite shows and all of your favorite shows have Christine Baranski. I have to ask questions of myself and of you that I don't, that makes me uncomfortable to have to ask those questions. It's just too, it's too what the, the original and the spinoff of the show that, 
she's in right now. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's Christine Baranski's a fucking national treasure. All right. Let's not let's Listen, not pull her into this nonsense. Uh, she is no character actress. Uh, Margot Martindale. All right. <laughs> Who was glorious in your honor. On Showtime, I'm sure you guys don't pay for Showtime, but uh, for those of us who uh, who got it like that, may pay for Showtime. People who have continued to be employed throughout this entire <laughs> yes, period, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Margot Martindale in, the, in people, your people at this table who don't care about additional unemployment. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I care. Escalators, I care because uh, I know that there are people who we haven't fired because we're waiting on uh, are they going to have extra benefits or not. So now we know uh, whether or not we fired them. I guess we'll see, but. Um, other uh, situations that are questionable about our future. Uh, Corey's running up wondering about working in the next year. I seriously ask myself whether or not uh, the human race is going to survive. For I mean, I think we got at least a year. Uh, probably a year. Uh, although, if you believe the movie 2012, uh, or no, Day After Tomorrow, that's what I'm thinking about, where we just hit a crisis point and all of a sudden it falls off the rails and then, um, you know, the world tries to kill us which it seems like it's actively doing. We may be uh, on our way there. Uh, I'm talking, of course, about climate change, which we've talked about for probably the last two weeks now. Two weeks ago, we talked about it because there was a snowstorm going through Texas that was freezing people to death in their homes. Yeah. And they did not have energy to heat their homes. Could not get clean water. Couldn't get clean water. Uh, It was basically, it became the developing world. Yeah. Um, And then as soon as they were out of it, the ex-governor said, People will put up with a few days like that to not be in, uh, worry about the federal government. Yeehaw! And I said, there's no way. And then I went on social media and I was like, oh, okay. So three weeks ago, yeehaw, fuck the federal government. Two weeks ago, oh God, please help us. We need your help. Oh, we're dying. <laughs> One week ago, yeehaw, fuck the federal government. And I'm like, oh, so we didn't, we didn't learn anything. Uh, but that's not the point. The point is that two weeks ago, uh, record lows, people freezing to death. This week, this coming week, Record highs, and people, again, may have problems because if they're running their air conditioner, uh, they may have energy problems because they still haven't straightened out the system from all the cold yeah. snap. Uh, so within one month, we may have people who have frozen to death and also uh, suffocated in the heat. And you, one might say, maybe this is direction that uh, God is angry at Texas. If I believed in God, I would agree with you. Uh, but instead, what I say is, perhaps this is global warming. Um, and maybe we can get people to listen because this time it's hot. So therefore global warming makes sense. Applies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but climate change uh, is going to start throwing things into disarray where we may get a super cold June and there'll be freezing temperatures somewhere in June and it just won't make sense. But what you have to realize is that the pole is always cold. It it's, gets less and more cold, but it's going to be near freezing all the time. And if we get a big polar push down, because jet stream's not there to hold it up in the spring, we may have a cold June. That that's the one that really got me. And the and last week I saw a story about the jet stream possibly forever being gone yes. as we know it, um, because it has recently not been anything like the jet stream we knew. And you know, it coming from Maryland, uh, I could look at a when the weatherman was about to do the weather. And he was explaining where it's coming from. Yep. It was all the same three spots. It was coming up the coast. It was coming down from Canada. It was coming from, like, you know, the south somewhere. Uh, I mean, essentially east, but when it hits the Appalachia. But they all sort of, like, converge in the same place. Yeah. Uh, 
that not being the case anymore will have profound impacts on not just Maryland, but everywhere in the world because yep. the jet stream is going to be different. Um, we don't know what that could, what those changes could be or uh, what uh, the results of those things will be, but we do know who is responsible for it, and it is man. So <laughs> we need, we are now well, at the point. Let me be specific. Not this guy. Yeah. This guy has been carbon neutral for four months now, and this guy uh, is accidentally vegetarian many weeks uh, just because uh, I do shake thing, and I use almond milk. So there's no animals involved. I guess it's vegan. That's not even vegetarian. It's vegan. Yeah. Accidentally vegan. Um, And the... Let me kind of just share what I came to this week, the the realization I had this week, and that is that uh, we're fucked. Um, And I'm going to say not only just that we're fucked, but I have been an advocate for for communist ideals on this show before. Mm -hmm. Um, You heard me saying sarcastic things about about capitalism earlier, but I came to the realization that uh, America will never be communist. Yeah. And it's that same realization that brought me to the fact that we are all doomed. Um, Climate change is a real fact, and the planet will eliminate us as a species because we are damaging it and we'll be lucky if we make 2100 and in fact it put me in the mindset i've i found bunker space for my sister and her child in kansas where they can survive three years underground eventually be put uh, back in society uh turns out transportation most expensive part of that proposition didn't really think about that getting them to kansas but yeah. uh, nonetheless the result the thing is I, I took a ride from hollywood to union station in los angeles uh, on an afternoon, Saturday afternoon, I want Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday afternoon, and what I saw was sixty percent, seventy percent of people, no masks, no cares, shops, restaurants, everything's basically reopened again. Yeah. So we have returned to where we were pre-COVID. Unfortunately, we are not in a world that is pre-COVID. Uh, people are getting vaccinated, but not nearly everyone. Uh, not nearly enough for herd immunity, at the very least. There is less sickness less hospitalization less death but not zero and i realized that if i can if i tell these people 500,000 people are dead and all we need you to do is to hold on until may apparently now which i don't believe but let's just say may yeah i need two more months from you of holding it down let's get everybody vaccinated and then you can go out and live your life but i I have actively blocked people on social media because I know that the only thing I'm going to say to them is hurtful things that will not be beneficial. So that ride then made me go follow back to them and realize that, oh, they're just traveling. Just it's pre-COVID time again. We're just living our lives. And because we've been pent up, we're doing a little extra too. So it's like, I got to work. I'm traveling from Miami to Los Angeles. I'm going to make a stop in Las Vegas to come to Los Angeles. Yeah. Because why not? Because I haven't been in a year and I feel like I want to go. And if I can't get you to batten down the hatches when I tell you that 500,000 are dead and another 100,000 will die before we get everybody vaccinated, then there is nothing. What this comes down to is selfishness. And I am not, no one is able to convince people to put the collective good amongst their personal preference. Yeah. It's not even well-being. It's just your personal preference. You don't want to do the thing, so you're not going to do it. And when you're not going to do it, that means that there's no chance of stopping climate change. Because it requires me saying, I have to inconvenience myself right now in order that my nephew, who is three, to have a planet to grow up in that isn't scorched or frozen or any of the variety of things in between. Like Hurricane Katrina's bi-weekly, meaning bi-monthly, once every other week, 
hitting the United States during the hurricane season, which now lasts almost the entire year. That All of those things are possibilities, and I have to make sacrifice in order for him to have a better world. And I look at everyone around me and I say, they're not willing to do that. That no one is willing. And I'm not one who's going to say like, hey, me being carbon neutral, you being carbon neutral, anybody that we know being carbon neutral really doesn't matter. Uh, the U.S. military pollutes more in every day than the next hundred countries. Yeah. 70 corporations uh, providing or a hundred corporations provide 70 percent essentially of the pollution. And that's not including the U.S. military. So between the two of them, that's probably 90 percent of all the pollution in the world. I mean, the problem is that I feel like if you were walking down the sidewalk and you saw a twenty dollar bill on the sidewalk and uh, you picked it up and you're like, oh, wow, lucky day. And then as you sit up, you see a homeless man right in front of you with like no clothes on, like yeah. just dying on the sidewalk. I would I would really estimate a solid 90 percent of people would say can't believe I got this 20 bucks and continue walking Walk right as opposed to yep. I just found this money out of nowhere. This guy seems like he really needs it. Like, why don't I just give it to him? Like that, that will never, it will never be an enduring part of people's mindset. Also half those people would be like, well, I don't know what he's going to spend that money on. So <laughs> I'll buy you a sandwich. I'll buy you some clothes, but I'm not going to just give you the money. Right. Cause, Cause I don't, I don't, I don't want it gonna... to turn into drugs. Like, what the fuck was I going to spend it on <laughs> drugs and, and alcohol? So what do I care if he's going to spend it on drugs and alcohol? Let's skip ahead to the, the COVID stuff just because yeah. we were talking about it there. Um, the I, I would like to start with Texas and Mississippi real quick uh, because something we talked about way back when, even going back to January when we were talking about this originally of last year, is that we are going to be dealing with the reason why we don't want the virus to spread is because the more it spreads, the more it will create variants, the more it will uh, start mutating into new things. And even though we can contain it, contain it You're now, right. mm -hmm. we might not be able to contain what happens if we just let it run wild. Just because we have a vaccine that works now. Right. Doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean... You know, and we have a lot of variants with a lot of different, you know, the, the UK variant was showing to be more uh, viral and to kill easily or kill more easily. Uh, there's a Brazilian one. There's a South African one. There's a California one. There's a New York one. Well, and they've stopped uh, even doing regions now because yeah. they're worried about people uh, getting stereotyped based on region. Now it's like, OK, so I think they named it after birds. So there's like Robin Y, Robin Z. There's a uh, blue, like all sorts of birds. Yeah. And then what I realized is that like they're picking birds from the areas that are like, we don't have Cardinals in California, but you have Cardinals uh, on the East coast. And like, if there was a Maryland variant, we might get like an, an Oriole, Oriole yeah. variant. And you're like, <laughs> Oh, so the Maryland variant. Okay. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. We're, we're I, clear. But the, the fact that Texas is opening up to a hundred percent and Mississippi yep. and a, a couple other States are sort of glomming on to, Already very weak standards by which they were operating. Yeah, Massachusetts, by uh, the way, the liberal Northeast is like, we're going to keep our mask mandate. So don't worry about that. I mean, everything's open. We're just going to reopen yeah. everything. But the mask mandate is still in place. I mean, I, I just, uh, we're, we're tempting fate by, by doing this at this point. And I, 
the worst part to me is not even that because there's a lot of responsible businesses in Texas and people who I've seen say, I don't care what the fucking governor says. We're still requiring masks. We're still. Are you talking about the place that is getting threatened to have ICE call them on them because they are keeping the mask mandate? That happened in Houston. Oh, really? Yeah. Several restaurants, uh, which are, by the way, Mexican restaurants. So essentially what somebody is saying is. I really like my my food to be authentic. I would like someone in the kitchen who's of Mexican ancestry so they can really make my burrito, or I'm sorry, so they can make my, my food uh, some variety of tortilla, meat, and cheese, which is all Mexican food is, just different varieties of that. I'd like them to be authentic, but... If you I also me, want them to be a citizen. <laughs> if you make me wear a mask, swear to God, I will call ice so fast and have them, but also... uh. I you're saying that, that that gets into by the way vague racism. You're that you're being racist because you're saying you're assuming that the guy who has to, happens to be of Hispanic descent or uh, Latin, by the way, which is the correct the correct word I learned this week uh, doing some uh, research into disability uh, proper words is that you don't say Latinx and we don't say Latino or Latina because those are all Latino Latina is gendered Latinx is removing the gender, which we don't want to do. So we say Latin, which is L-A-T-I-N-E with a uh, tilde, not a tilde, a uh, accent mark over the E. And that means all people of all genders of descent from Latin America. I, I, uh, I, I never really ever felt the need to say Latinx. I, it, it, it just seemed like such a, I, I, I'd find other words to use rather than that. Um, Appropriate ones. Fair enough. <laughs> it just always seemed like a weird I, I guess because ending something with an X always just sort of seems like an awkward and weird word. So it wasn't even about like a disapproval with how you were I don't know how to say that non gendering so it. So <laughs> it's just like I'd prefer to just not say the word with an X at the end of it. It's I, a it's a preference within me. I also learned uh we don't say able bodied because able bodied uh, is not an appropriate term unless it's on a government form. <laughs> so yeah. uh you would say a non disabled person. So I am, uh, for all intents and purposes, a non-disabled person. Um, I am not of Latin descent. I am uh, white, which I have some objections to. But how am I characterized by a color? Yeah. But it's okay. But uh, listen, we're going we're gonna to find out in time uh, what happened with Texas and Mississippi. Uh, I'm just letting you know ahead of time. No, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be. There good. is a chance you and I are not vaccinated. So there's a chance that you and I never hear that at all. Yeah. We, we may be dead. Uh, we may be killed by the deadly virus that is still spreading around the country, infecting, hospitalizing and killing people a uh, hundred thousand more before everyone gets vaccinated. Um, so we may be dead and not hear about it, but someone out there will know uh, that there was horrible consequences. Uh, my favorite tweet of the week. Uh, we are about to see. Adaptation, natural selection in action yeah. because two states have decided that they're uh, going to that along with the one that's uh, the like two uh, night at the Roxbury where it's the two guys yeah. are uh, Mississippi and Texas and the girl in between. It's like Louisiana. It's like, yeah. oh, God. Uh, so I mean, have fun. But if you have you looked at the cases in Florida recently with the variant as opposed to the original novel strain. Well, I, the variants are making up uh, more than 50% of cases now. Yeah, and if you look at the the progression over the last couple of months, the novel strain, the original uh, strain, is going down precipitously. Yeah. Which looks good. Like, it looks like we went from a really bad place to a really good place. Yep. Very low numbers. Except. Except <laughs> that in, the same, in, like, an exact opposite, like a mirror image of that thing, uh, a 180 flip mirror image, 
you're looking at the variants go from zero to unbelievably high numbers. Mm-hmm. So, and I'll remind you, uh, there was a movie called 12 Monkeys <laughs> where the whole thing broke down because they spread a virus that they then got the, they got under control with the vaccine and it then mutated and killed 90% of the people on the planet. I'll make it easier. There was a movie called Jurassic Park. It was about opening too early. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone see that one? Yes. <laughs> people died. When you open too early, bad things happen. Wayne Newman died. <laughs> well, I mean, he kind of deserved it. Uh, I feel bad for the uh, Wayne the Knight. Lawyer. I said Wayne Newman. Uh, I, I knew exactly <laughs> who you were talking about, though. Uh, but I feel bad for the lawyer. Because that poor lawyer who's just doing his job, he's just there trying to keep the liability down and he gets eaten on a toilet by a damn T-Rex. <laughs> oh, man. I think that scene scarred me when I was a kid. But anyway, um, for those who are vaccinated, though, the CDC is putting out new guidelines because I guess they feel they need to for people who are vaccinated. For the people in your life who are vaccinated, these guidelines may apply to them. I will say with a grain of salt uh, because I also think that part of this is it's more important to get people out and working and spending than it is about safety and I know you're going to say the CDC is uh, is about safety, but I, I just don't I don't think that's where they are anymore. I think that they are government stools more than they are anything else. I uh, I don't I don't I mean I don't really have have a an overwhelming love of the CDC. I'm just saying that uh, to me a lot of this just sort of makes sense. Like if I'm vaccinated and you're vaccinated. I don't see a, a huge risk factor that would be involved in the two of us being together. Much like, you know, if I lived in a cabin all by myself in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. and you lived in a cabin all by yourself in the middle of nowhere and neither one of us had seen a another human soul for a month, mm-hmm. then there would be very low risk if the two of us got together in the same room and I didn't see, wear masks. You I know see what I mean? why layman's logic applies to that completely. I will remind you that sailing from... Europe to the New World would sometimes take two or three months. And when the sailors arrived, they decimated native populations because the natives had no natural uh, immunity to those viruses. Yeah. Similar to that, we have no natural immunity to COVID-19. And no matter if you're separated for months away from the public and away from each other, there is a chance that you can expose yourself oh, yeah. in a journey. I'm, I'm not be- I'm not saying that there's no chance, you know, like what I'm saying, like, you know, you got uh, everything has to be considered as part of a spectrum in my mind. You know, like what it a hundred a hundred very dangerous, awful thing to do, like, you know, the most dangerous you could be is like, you know, a nightclub in Miami or some shit. Like whatever. Or LA, downtown LA, yeah, four hundred other people. Whatever whatever you want to say is the most dangerous thing you could possibly be doing. Zero being staying home and never leaving, yes. right? So everything in between there is associated with some level of risk. And, you know, like, there's some things that, you know, like, I go to pick up lunch today, mm-hmm. right? I don't really get close enough to any one person for any considerable length of time to really be considered uh, dangerous in contracting the virus from somebody, but there's always the chance. Yep. It's not a zero sum chance, but it's relatively low. If you're constantly not never in somebody else's airspace for long enough to be able Listen, to. I'm with you 100%. Whenever I think of you, Corey, I always have to think about you on the spectrum. So I always <laughs> am right there. I Which. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say, though, that, that, you know, 
yes, there are risky activities. There are not risky activities. I will say that uh, vaccinated or not, getting on an airplane, a small tube uh, with 100 other people, still probably a risky proposition. Yeah. Vaccinated or not. Uh, I've had to explain to multiple people that like, okay, so there are two problems here. Number one is if you are exposed and then you come to me, yeah. you can still be just basically like I breathe them in, they're in my lungs for a little bit, and then I breathe them back out on you. I mean, and then there will be a level of your body absorbing it, fighting it, and getting rid of it. I, I just think the the problem is if we all came to it with the the understanding of the spectrum, then we would be better off because people would be able to differentiate high-risk activity from low-risk activity. I'm understanding like, that you're and, on the spectrum. And, and, understanding, <laughs> and understanding that there are different parts. Like, you know, if you want to fly home because you know, somebody in your life is sick and you need to see them and there's an emergency or something like that. Mm-hmm. There are reasons why I can understand you need to get on a plane right away, even in these circumstances. Can I recommend if, if you're going, your if you're going, family just member because, is sick from something, do not fly home. To well, see no, them. I, I, I get what you're saying. I'm saying like, you know, if there is some sort of emergency that, that takes you yes. across the country, then I can understand like how that happens. But like, you know, the, the, I just need to get away kind of thing of it all kind of is like, I just, I can't, I, I, and there's way too much of it. And that yeah. just like, I I'm seeing people all the time who are just living life and I get it. I, I want to get back to normal life. I want to, I want to be able to go to Vegas and have fun and do all the things that I used to do. But you know, like it so fucking close Two months. Just everyone Two months. just batten down. Like just really, we're so fucking close. And as soon as we get to the point where we're 75, 80% vaccinated, like all these CDC recommendations about seeing people and like yeah. hanging out in the same space, it makes total sense. Go home, see your family. The likelihood at that, if everyone in that room is vaccinated mm-hmm. and the likelihood of somebody getting sick and getting to the hospital or uh, dying can be very low. If yeah. we're dealing with the same parameters we're dealing with now, it can be very low. The risk can be so low. Nobody from the Moderna, the Pfizer, or the Johnson & Johnson have shown serious illness after yes. after they've gotten the, the vaccines. This is this is a miracle as far as the vaccine is concerned. We've we've eliminated the risk. But well, we've we, eliminated we have the risk to keep of, of extreme results. Yeah. Like you still may have You can it. you could still get it. You yeah. could still possibly give it to other people. They're still trying to determine uh, how much that applies, yeah, but, but you won't you won't go to the hospital and you won't die, right? And we can we can get to this place if we just be cool for two months. Because if a variant takes off and it doesn't respond to the vaccine, we're back at square one. Yep, and I don't Lock know what it to on down. Like we could have we could have. It just reminds me of all the times we were talking in you know June July of last year, where I was like, oh yeah. Japan is completely back to normal because they were so fucking serious about it right from the beginning. New Zealand has been back to normal for a year now. South Korean baseball started on time. Yeah. Like there's no there's no reason why we couldn't have been one of these countries other than the fact that we just couldn't give a fuck less. That's mm-hmm. basically the the beginning and end of, of it all and I I'm just I'm looking forward to the next stage though. When we start to get to where the badges, where the you know the A's or the alphas are the people who are vaccinated, the B's are the people who didn't get vaccinated but they live with people who are all vaccinated and then the C's are like, well I live alone but everyone in my unit 
everyone in my circle. Um, and then only A's can date A's and B's <laughs> can date B's. And uh, an A could date a B, but you can't pr- reproduce with a B because we don't want the child to not be. There's a chance. I don't know whether or not you're talking about the British Royal <laughs> Empire or. It's a little uh, bit of both. I mean, it's Brave New World, but it was written by Aldous Huxley, who, was br- Aldous Huxley, who is British and basically right. looked at British society. So, um, but yeah, Brave New World. Uh we are leveling ourselves out into levels of society um, because listen, 70%, 75% is a great goal, except for half the people on my Facebook are like, I will never get that vaccine. And I'm like, mom, dad, I love you. Um, <laughs> you should move to somewhere that's not crazy. Yeah. So maybe Texas. Oh, wait. Uh, Mississippi, Alabama, no. Florida, Arizona. Uh, How about the moon? <laughs> Mexico's is nice this time of year. That's what I hear. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the inevitable result of this is people are traveling more. Texas is opening up, Mississippi is opening up. And what we know is when states open up, when travels expanded, cases go up inevitably about a week later, hospitalizations go up and about a week after that deaths go up. So we are now in the inevitability of a race of how many can we get vaccinated before these numbers start going up and we go precipitously off the cliff or as you pointed out, a variant develops that is not impacted by the vaccine and we have to lock everything down again and start over with the vaccine. I mean, the other thing we have to concern ourselves with is a lot of people got sick over the winter and a lot of people died. So to the, to the extent that we know that you gain some level of immunity in the aftermath of getting COVID, there are a lot of more people who have had COVID and therefore are not capable of getting it again so quickly. And it's bought us a little bit of a window here. When the more you hear about cases going down and deaths going down, that's because so many people have gotten COVID that we're not at herd immunity, we're but we're at like herd immunity for the stupid people who are going to get it. So now we just have to keep the the safe and the quasi safe from getting it. The too. incidentals. Like, yeah. yeah. Like uh, everybody who's going out partying either got it and has been sick or is dead. God, I hope dead. Uh, now we need to watch out for uh, the person who's relatively safe, who then goes into a sushi sushi restaurant, and when the person turns around, coughs, and it lands on Corey's order that's uh, ready for pickup. Oh, no. So. <laughs> well, you've given me a lot to think about. <laughs> Brooks is Brooks very is upset about that. He doesn't, very- he doesn't like my sushi mess with. <laughs> uh, you know where you can go, though, for uh, stuff that will put you in a better mood? Where's that? OTheAnthem.com, Corey to OTheAnthem.com, OTheAnthem on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the listener line, 443-219-7595. What's that number again? 443-219-7595. You can find more of me at my website, CoreyBakerFilmmaker.com, Facebook.com forward slash CoreyBakerFilmmaker, and uh, at LegendsDB5 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, I have uh, I have a plan for uh, something that will be coming out this week. So you might be wanting to pay attention to I feel to YouTube. like there was a plan last week, and then there was an idea of a plan the week before. So, so sometime there, around the time we reach 75% vaccinated, we'll have an actual new there video. Was a, there, was a, there was a plan last week, mm-hmm. and then uh, I was going to shoot it, and then all of a sudden uh, my world came tumbling down in a, in a small degree. So uh, Larry died? or No, uh, you know, uh, uh, another project has sell- sold elsewhere ah. that put me in a depressed <laughs> mood. But uh, I will, I will be taking that depression and turning it into content because I think it is very valuable for people to know who are in the writing game. 
what so happens? If you're looking to laugh, there's <laughs> a video coming this week. There's a very depressing video coming. This week. What happens if uh, what happens if the thing you've been working so hard on all of a sudden uh, goes away mm. or becomes less likely? Mm-hmm. Uh, and what do you do? And and what can a writer in a similar vein uh, look to do to move forward? So that is uh, coming here shortly. Fair enough. All right. Uh, also, I think it's Corey Baker Film on Facebook. Facebook. Yes, I'm sorry. I got the the email or the website all caught up with it there. How do I know your uh, prompts better than you do? Uh, you hear it all the time? I guess so, yeah. Uh, well, you can find more of me at Robert and Cheek on Station Networks. It makes it easy because everywhere it's at Robert and Cheek. Uh, all one word. Um, I had a uh, catch-up video for something. Oh, what was the product? Sutera. Nope. Sutera. My Sutera video follow-up is up. This week I have... Kizik's. Kizik. Oh, sorry. It's not on the camera. My Kizik show. I bought some shoes from Instagram and uh, you're going to hear about my thoughts on this. This is the special shoe that is meant to be stepped in. I talk all about it. So you're gonna be able to see that. Uh, I also have stuff coming for sand cloud uh, towels and a couple of updates on other stuff uh, that's catching up. I too was not in a great place to make content for the last couple months. So we're trying to push through that. Uh, also, you can find me all the time on um, Call of Duty. Uh, the people I play with, uh, apparently some of them are too cheap to actually buy the game so they continue <laughs> to play with me. I thought friendship uh, had no cost, but apparently $45. <laughs> too rich for some. A bridge blood. too far. That's too far. <laughs> uh, so Listen, it's a tough time. They're I understand. Got to wait until the expanded unemployment hits. I, I get it. Uh, so I'll once be, that twelve hundred dollars comes in, baby, <laughs> I'll be uh, I'll be sitting by myself in the dark most evenings for several hours, uh, talking to strangers uh, who are all teasing me for being thirty-seven and still playing Call of Duty. <laughs> Until my friends also get the game. But, but if you'd like to join me, you can follow me on there. I'm not even going to try to tell you what my uh, new name is. Uh, find me on social media, and I will connect with you. All right. Well, I think we've done good here today. <laughs> I was, I, to be honest, I was... Oh, and of course, thank you to producer, producer Roberto for coming back. Well, it had been so long since we last had him, I almost forgot that we had to include him as the in the... Uh, outro here and i was gonna say i haven't seen the video yet so i'm not sure if we should thank him <laughs> we'll wait we'll review we'll see but uh you can find him producer brooks wants his job back apparently yeah he's like i can do better than <laughs> he's watching in there uh you can follow him at uh, r2 rto.azn nope, nope. rtoazn on instagram uh where he'll post eh, once in a while uh you can also uh twitter rtoazn and uh, he never posts on there, uh, nor does he check messages. Uh, you could find him on Backpage, where he... Back, wait, what's back it called? Page. What is it? It's not Backpage? Backstage. Backstage. Oh, backpage man. is where you get a topless woman to come over to your place and clean. <laughs> Are you sure it's not Backpage? I thought for sure it was Backpage. No, okay. On Backstage, you can find him, as well as Actors uh, Attic, or what is it called? What's Access. It called? Actors access. Uh, if you're looking for someone uh, to be in your film or your voiceover work, absolutely. We don't give him a mic, but we do trust his voiceover every other place except for you know when our faces are on it. So, well, I think we've done good here today. <laughs> we've done something. I don't know if it's good. <laughs> you look so downtrodden. We've been. has <laughs> been a lot of shit talk about Roberto in the third person, and then also in the first person in the last few minutes. But um, as always, you're listening to the O the Anthem podcast, part of the O the Anthem digital network. For Corey and Roberto, this is Rob. Have a great week, everybody. Over an hour, but not by much. We're all right. Yeah, good.